Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. And good morning, everybody. Very cold morning. I hope you are warm. If you're not, I warned you, you should have called Freedom Heating and Air when you had the chance. But you know, it's not too late. You can still call them, and they'll still come out and make it right. Make you warm. Make you feel good in your home, or maybe it's in your business. It's really easy. Give them a call, 503-580-1456. Freedomheatingandair.net. That's their website, 503-580-1456. My guess is they've been working all weekend making people's lives better. I hope so. I hope you have been warm. I hope your pipes did not freeze like mine did. Yeah, that's a whole nother story unto itself. But you know what? I am so blessed that uh, I was able to go yesterday and it was a slow drive from my farm uh, up to Eugene to Jerry's Home Improvement Center, where they're always helpful, and they had a they had a, they were open. They had a crew there, and I found some heat tape and wrapped it around my one particular pipe that was not functioning correctly. It was froze up, and within ten minutes, I had water again because I didn't have any water. So it was all good. Lots to talk about today. And I mean lots to talk about today. Today's the Iowa caucus. How do you think Trump will do today? He clearly is in the lead. Now, what I expect to see that if he underperforms, I mean, the last poll showed that Trump had a massive lead, um, something like, think, I think I saw 63%. We're going to vote for him. If he gets anything less than that, well, then what would happen? The narrative is, is that Trump is weak. He's underperforming. We got to back Nikki Haley. Which, of course, Nikki is the um, Nikki Haley is the now the globalist front runner. So we'll see what happens today. Also, we have a, a very special uh, interview at the bottom of the hour here with investigative reporter Les Zeitz. Now, I've known Les a long time. And he has, uh, we haven't always seen eye to eye, but he has... Well, he is, I mean, as an, an investigative employee, or reporter, rather, 
He absolutely is unfettered when it comes to going after corruption, going after especially politicians that have been, well, just using their office for personal gain, which is allowed. I mean, there's there's laws in Oregon against it, but there's ways to get around it. He has um, done an, a, a powerful job over the years in exposing that, especially with Republican Rep- House of Representatives longtime member that I served with, Greg Smith, out of Eastern Oregon. So we're going to talk with Les today about the gun violence town hall that's that's coming up. It's going to be here really soon, and we want to ask him. So, I mean, he he's the guy who's putting it on. So what are his goals? What is, I mean, what what is gun violence? Is it suicide? Is it gangbangers? And why is it increasing? And then what do we do about it? And I think that these are at least some of the questions that I would think will ought to be asked at the gun violence town hall. We're going to talk with Les about that. It's not very often that I interview another newsmaker or a reporter. In fact, it's pretty rare. But in this case, I, I think it is it is absolutely paramount that we have some understanding of, of what's going on here and why we should absolutely be cognizant of it and take part in it. Now, you have to believe that our legislative leaders are smart enough and city leaders, county leaders, all smart enough to listen to the people, the vast majority of the people. Are they? Did they, when it came to the Salem City income tax? Well, city council didn't. Now, admittedly, Salem City Council is, is the majority of it leans to the left. There's no question about that. But what about the county? What about the sheriff? What about state police? Where do they lead? 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. I have a ton of emails, and Jim, of course, sent me a an interesting one. It, it's this story about the um, Chinese billionaire who secretly became the second largest landowner, foreign landowner, let's put it that way, of U.S. farmland and how he's been, I mean, the guy's worth a billion dollars according to Forbes, this guy, Shen Zhangzhou, I don't know how you say his name. He made an $85 million purchase of 200,000 acres of Oregon farmland in 2015. Really? 
So should we be allowing by state law or federal law, should we be allowing enemies of the United States and if you are a Chinese billionaire, you have given and sold your soul to the Chinese Communist Party because that's how it works. And if you go against them as a billionaire, you disappear and nobody hears from you. There's an example of that. So how is it that Whitefish Cascade Forest Resources, LLC, could buy 200,000 acres of Oregon farmland from Fidelity National Financial Ventures at $430 an acre. It was secret, folks. When, until... <laughs> This last December, when Oregon tax records revealed that a 198,000-acre block is currently owned by Shanda Asset Management, LLC. That's this guy's investment company. Now, this has gotten the, the radar of some Republicans in the House. At least Stefanik. This guy owns a $39 million New York City townhouse, a $26 million estate in his current base of Los Angeles. So question about this. Did Congressman Greg Walden know anything about this? Did he, if he did, did he do anything to stop it? How about current congressman who took his place, Cliff Bentz, Republican? This is in his neck of the woods, it's Eastern Oregon. Did he know anything about it? And did he try to do anything to stop it? Now, he wasn't in Congress in 2015, still in the Oregon legislature as a senator. What I find odd about this We'll go to the phones in a moment. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Jim says this. And here I am worried about a dinky 1,500-acre lot going into a solar farm. wonder what the plan is for the Chinese, the land Chinese bought in secret. So I want to know, did any of our politicians know anything about this? Now, it's a private transaction. You can make all kinds of private transactions, and you know, thank God the government's not involved. But why should we allow Chinese billionaires connected to a country that is threatening the United States, whose generals, admirals, routinely threaten military kinetic war against America. Can you imagine us, like a Bill Gates, going into 
or an Elon Musk going into China and buying 200,000 acres of their farmland, they'd never allow it. Let's go to Art. Art, good morning. Go. Good morning, Jeff. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, you too. Colon heck. Uh, anyways, couple things here. Number one, the Democrats. We need to put the blame where the blame belongs. Okay, Oregon, Tita Cota, Kate Brown have loved up the Chinese for way too long. That's why we need good, excellent leadership in the state of Oregon. And you can't blame Cliff or any of those guys because our governor has encouraged a healthy relationship with the Chinese government. You and I both know it. And we got to stop it. And Cliff and all those guys are busy, you know, trying to get rid of the radical left. And that's what they... Yep. Can we talk a little more, Jeff? No, I've, I've got to keep going, Art. I'm sorry. Uh, we So... We'll have to call in maybe tomorrow and we'll finish it up then. Thanks, Art. You're right. We got to hold him accountable. God bless. Who really is behind it all? Back in a moment at 620. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. 22 minutes past the top of the hour. Folks, there's um, just something to remember uh, as as we go through a very cold day. We've got another, like tomorrow we may have freezing rain. I started the show just reminding you that if you're cold in your home because you procrastinated and didn't call Freedom Heating and Air, you probably ought to do that today. Because tomorrow the roads may be absolutely impassable. We're going to have freezing rain. Could be as much as a quarter of an inch. That means a lot of things, like more trees falling, like power lines snapping power crews have been out the last day and a half all over the place so i'm serious you should call freedom heating and air today while they can still get out to see you because tomorrow the roads may not be able i'm quite serious i mean i rarely do two of these in in one show but do call freedom heating and air You will be so glad you did. 503-580-1456-580-1456. There's another story here in the Epoch Times. 
and I'm going to throw this out to you. It's very deep, and, and we're not going to have time to get into it today, but I got to tell you, secure elections, how often have you heard the left telling us, or the Secretary of State of Oregon, our election systems are 100% clean and free of cheating and if it is happening, it's rare and it has little impact. How many times have you heard that? Well, the Epoch Times story talks about the Heritage Foundation study. Cheating by the left is an art form that is far more than rare and having no impact. The Heritage Study chronicles almost 1,500 proven instances of election fraud, resulting in, get this, almost 1,300 criminal convictions going back 20 years, okay? Well, that's rare, is it? And then they get into individual cases. This is one of the reasons that we continue to support Mike Lindell and what he's doing. There, there is, there's a lot in this article, friends. And, and I don't want to get to it today because we're just not going to have time. But I, I wanted to call it to your attention because I'm going to put it on the show plan today. I want you to read it. And then it, it has a link then to the actual Heritage Foundation study. So the next time, now again, the whole point of the show is for you to be able to change your world. And you do that by having persuasive conversations with persuadable people. This issue of election fraud is not going away. And with the advent of the Ministry of Truth effort by the Oregon Secretary of State, which has been engaged in this for a long time. And they really have. And Janice Deisinger has from cleanvoterrolls.org here in Oregon. Janice has been the victim of it. We're going to stay on this because we are far from Ed, far from over with this. The recent convictions, rather the recent, there have been some convictions, but the recent overturning of two local Democrat Party races in Democrat states. Now, the reason I call them Democrat Party races because they are Democrat parties, members. These are like in Connecticut. The overturning of these by judges who found obvious voter fraud. First of all, kudos to them for doing it, having the courage to do it. And secondly, proves that cheating can make a difference. Now, what if you cheated on a wholesale basis? The stage is set for that in Oregon, or has it already been happening? In many ways. 
The stage has been set for a lot of things in Oregon, including, and I'm going to segue from this to an email from Terry, winter weather. Hopefully we've learned that solar and wind energy fail and don't work in snow and ice events. Leave the dams in place. Trees that are old, unhealthy, too tall, need to be pruned and removed. You need to have good insurance policy for that kind of damage. And vote out those who are preparing, to, who are failing to prepare for a known weather event. Maybe as punishment for not supporting the Salem tax. So here shortly, there's going to be a town hall meeting at my church outside of Harrisburg. And it is put on by QCell. This is the South Korean-owned company. Yeah, I did, Art. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Hurts selling. 20,000 of their electric vehicles. Because <laughs> uh, they're too expensive to keep. Yeah, I did, Art. That's a good one. But Q-Cell is going to have an informational meeting at my church in Harrisburg. Why? Because that's where they want to put the 1,500-acre solar farm. Why? Because they have to have the electricity to replace damp. Back in a moment with investigative reporter Les Zeitz on the upcoming Town Hall. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour on a very cold, snowy, and soon-to-be freezing rain. Um, Monday. Hope that you have been warm. Like I've been telling you, if you haven't been, because you procrastinated, well, you can fix that. Like I said, just call Freedom Heating and Air. And they'll get out to your place right away. And you might want to do it before the roads become impassable. 503-580-1456-580-1456. Joining us is Les Zeitz. He is investigative reporter of some renown for, to be sure, award-winning, uh, who has um, has been unafraid at taking on both Republicans and Democrats in the, in the legislative sense and others. Les, good morning. How the heck are you? Good morning, Jeff. I'm excited to be with you. <laughs> been a while since we've talked. You, you and I haven't always seen eye to eye, which is good because... Um, you're doing your job as a as a reporter to hold people accountable for stuff that they do. Well, I mean, that's the role of the free press in America is that somebody has to be an outside independent check on public officials, politicians, and government. And uh, as uh, you well know, there's a significant threat to that freedom in this country. And so that's why I keep at it, is that as long as I can put a spotlight on people who deserve attention, uh, I'm going to do it. 
So before we get into the, the gun violence town hall that you're you're sponsoring and, and glad you are because I think it is a serious conversation that, that's got to happen. Uh, in that regard, uh, I am part of a federal lawsuit uh, to stop this, what we call the Ministry of Truth from the Secretary of State's office. You're well aware of it. Uh, so your reporter and... If you write something that the Secretary of State's contract with this third-party company disagrees with about elections, and they took steps to counter your narrative, or if they thought you were a threat, or they thought something I said was a threat, actually reported that to the FBI or the state police, is that really freedom of the press less well you know look people have uh, the right to do what they want to do and make the judgments they want to make uh you know in in the Salem reporter and with my team we would not be cowed or deterred by uh anything like that we would continue to do our job you know where where the trouble would come of course is if someone shows up with handcuffs and says well okay you uh you reported something that uh, that the people in power don't like, and you're going to the Marion County Jail. Well, that's not likely to happen, Jeff. And if it did, uh, there would be howls from one end of the state to the other. So I think the power of the press, frankly, is to continue to out these sorts of uh, actions to impede not only the press freedom, but other freedoms in America. And uh, as long as we remain fearless, and I have colleagues across the country who uh, are un- unbowed by these uh, these threats to the freedom, uh, that's that's in service to the public and to the people of the United States. It is, and to our inalienable rights that are given to us by God Almighty, not by government. So. One of the freedoms that we enjoy is the Second Amendment. So America is often criticized because we have a lot of gun violence here. And it seems that the places that try to restrict gun ownership the most seem to have the most gun violence. We like to point at Chicago and big cities in Washington, D.C., and frankly, Portland, which has seen a massive increase in violence. But yet this trend has come to Salem, and Salem is not generally thought of to be a, a gang hub, um, so forth. But as, as the Salem Reporter article that announced your forum, and this, friends, is going to happen on Wednesday at 6 p.m. at the Elsinore Theater. And I'll include a link to the story today on the show plan that you can get a free ticket. Now, you talk about that you have two goals here. What, why don't you share with the audience what those goals are as to why you're having this gun violence town hall? Well, sure. So through last year, our reporting team noticed uh, uh, what seemed to be an uptick in the reports of, of shootings and random shootings, you know, two cars pulling up beside each other somewhere at an intersection, gunfire, bullet casings left behind. Uh, the cars take off, and sometimes there's a body left behind. Uh, we have people with uh, bullet holes in, in their homes from gunplay out in the streets. Uh, 
Uh, in the fall, the city of Salem through the Salem Police Department uh, issued a new report that really dug deep into what's going on, and the numbers are rather uh, striking. Uh, there actually has been a surge in in uh, shootings, and by that we mean where people are either shot and hospitalized or killed uh, in Salem, and an increasing percentage of those shootings are tied to people with affiliations to gangs. What's more troubling is uh, a real dramatic increase in the involvement of juveniles, those under 18 in these crimes. So we we thought it was really important for the community to, to get up to speed on this public safety risk. Uh, you know, if you live in deep South Salem or up in the hills of West Salem, this may not seem like an issue, but this is an issue for everybody because it goes to the livability of the city of Salem. So at our town hall, we want to do two things, Jeff. We want to, number one, we want to give people the facts about this. Uh, uh, we have an expert panel of people who are well-prepared to share uh, pretty pretty uh, shocking information and clean information. In other words, they're going to just lay it out. This is not going to be a, a spin session. But the second part of this is the most important, I think, is, okay, what do we as a community do about it? We're not going to sit on the bench and just watch these cars fly by with uh, uh, gangsters and gunfire. We're going to show what steps can be taken to, to check this violence, and we're going to show how any citizen, not just someone that works for, you know, community corrections or the parole department, uh, can help bring this issue to uh, resolve. You know, look, we're not going to end it, but all of us working together uh, can probably bend this curve down. One of the things that you uh have uh, put forward in your press release about this or the article that I'm reading from the Salem reporter announcing this town hall is that you're, you're hoping to have the voices of young men that have been caught up in these, these street battles, these gang fights and so forth. Do you really have people that are going to be talking about that? As a matter of fact, we, we, we do, and I think this is going to be uh, one of the more compelling parts of the town hall, Jeff. Uh, Artisher Tabrizian, who covers criminal justice for us at Salem Reporter, has worked doggedly with the uh, juvenile authorities and has, in fact, uh, spent time with juvenile offenders, uh, young, young men who are in custody for uh, these sorts of crimes, uh, who've agreed to, in their own words, explain what they're doing and what they need to get out. Uh, and I haven't seen those, but we're actually, we've recorded some of those. So they'll be anonymous, of course, because they're young, young sure. men trying to go straight. But uh, we think this is going to really bring home what's happening on the streets of Salem. So we, we don't feel safe in our communities because we, we have these incidents going on. Are you hoping to determine, is this really focused on, on gang violence, or is there other type of gun violence that, that you all are going to talk about? I mean, we know that suicide is the number one factor that is often cited in terms of gun crimes or gun violence. Are you guys going to touch on that, any, or is this really more focused on the safety of the community? 
this is entirely focused on the safety of the community. I mean, uh, people's lives are at risk of their, uh, as you say, their sense of safety, uh, particularly in some areas of Salem, is greatly diminished uh, because of the uncertainty of when's the next uh, gun volley going to come. Uh, people waking up in the middle of the night, listening to gunfire uh, somewhere in the neighborhood. So, no, this is this is uh, focused on what is disrupting safety in the community and how can we change that? And so you're not really, doing a, you're not doing this town hall, as it says, to just wring our hands and then go home. You really hope to achieve something. Now, one of those things is you're assembling a handout about how people can help. What, what's that handout going to cover? Well, we're still working on that, but I mean, it's going to be everything from how can you, uh, volunteer to be a mentor to uh, some young teenager who's been arrested on a charge to how can you help uh, in a neighborhood association or a neighborhood park uh, you know what again we want to uh, provide people a way that they can get involved without having to write a huge check or get a job uh, in the in the profession. Les, thanks for joining us today, and thanks for putting this on. Uh, folks, I will have links to that, how you can get in touch with Les, how you can get a ticket to this. We'll see you later, Les. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is 10 minutes till the top of the hour. I will include the link separately uh, for the Elsinore Theater so that you can get a free ticket you just need to reserve a spot. Okay, they've got a seating chart. and Anyway, it's, uh, it's the Elsinore Theater website. And this is January 17th, so it's in two days. And it's from 6, doors open at 5, it's from 6 p.m. on. They, uh, their panel presentations, the first hour, from seven to from six to seven, and then from seven to seven thirty, their panelist solutions, and then from seven thirty to eight, their audience questions. So, I think this is important that you know it is it is good to know, and, and I've known less uh, a long time. And and Doug, you you don't know who he is, and your email ab about him, he's creating red herrings. If he was a real investigative reporter, he would have solved the pedophile crimes going on in the Marble Town Hall. Well, you don't know less, and you don't know the fact that he's gone after Republicans and Democrats for years. All you have to do is just look him up, and you'll see that. What they're doing, folks, is the right thing. Because this is focused on Ultimately, the, the thing that I have told you as a campaign consultant 
is the single most important thing to you. And that's your own personal safety or those around you that you love and you care about. Again, we can argue about solar panels like we're going to argue about on Thursday night at my church in Harrisburg, this 1,500-acre solar farm that is meant to replace the electricity, folks, when they take down the Willamette Basin dams, which is why the Army Corps of Engineers has been holding these listening sessions about, no, they don't say they're going to take down the dam, but what if we just quit producing power? They got to replace that power somehow. We're going to hold this town hall put forward by QCell, which is the um, company out of Los Angeles that's owned, majority owned by South Koreans. They had this meeting at my church, Life Bible Church, on the edge of Harrisburg on the 18th from 5.30 to 8.30. Now, how well, by the way, has solar panel been working the last couple of days? I'm just curious, here in the Valley, how well has that been working? Not too good. So if they took down the dam power, how would, if they took away our power, what would be the result? On a cloudy day like this, like we've had a series of. Just just asking a question. The Salem Reporter Town Hall, I want to get back to that because I don't want to go to this other rabbit trail for the moment. This town hall is important, and I'll tell you why. Even if you don't live in Salem, here's why you should care. I don't go to Portland unless I absolutely have to. Now, I carry a gun legally. I don't want to have to use it. I don't want to have to be attacked again by Antifa like I was. And I had my weapon with me and I didn't, I've told you this before, I didn't draw it. Partly because I didn't want to get arrested for pulling a gun. If you're going to pull a gun, you better be prepared to use it. And you better be in a situation where you have to use it. And you better have the wisdom and discernment about how to decide when you need to pull a gun. I wasn't going to do that when Antifa attacked us. Now, had they pulled out a gun, that would have been different. That was my line. The red line. I don't go to Portland because I don't want to have to be in a violent crime situation where there are gangbangers where the murder rate has more than doubled in Portland. Because they defunded $12 million from Portland Police Bureau. More importantly, they defunded the what is known as the gang violence intervention team. Predictably, what happened? More gang violence. I go to Salem a lot. Not just because of politics, but because of this radio station is in Salem. I don't want to have to make that same decision about Salem. We better stop this. We better stop it now. And you need to be a part of that solution. So I want to encourage you to show up to this. January 17th, Elsinore Theater, 6 p.m. 
even if you don't believe that it's going to make any difference, you need to be there. You have a right, a human right of self-defense. If we go soft on crime in Marion County, in the city of Salem, your personal safety, anytime you're in Salem, is in jeopardy. Just look at Portland. But look at the numbers. And Les talked about them. And they're real numbers. In fact, there's additional, he referenced other reporting, and there's links to that. And you can go read that, the numbers of random shootings, drive-by shootings dramatically increased we need to fix that how do we fix it is it up to each of us is the answer that we all just carry guns well as much as I I like that idea I've been in Afghanistan and Iraq where everybody carried guns and it was the wild west the gun violence didn't stop You have to have a strong response to gun violence, whatever gun violence that is, and at all levels. There will be people at this town hall who are on the panel, including the school district, Salem-Kaiser. Because this reaches into the schools, folks. If you think gang violence is just for people who are outside of the K-12 system, you're wrong. So I'm going to encourage you to join less the Elsinore Theater. January 17th, two days from now, 6 p.m. I'll have the link. Just go to Elsinore Theater, Salem Reporter Town Hall, Gun Violence. You can Google that up if you want to get the link before I put it on the show plan. I will have it on the show plan today. I'll have Les's original article about the goals and who's going to participate. It's very important, friends. We all pay for it, ultimately. Not just in hospitalization costs of people who get shot randomly. But society, you cannot have a lawless society. I've been in places where it's lawless. And it ain't good. America was not founded on those principles. We were founded on the respect for the rule of law, both man's laws and God's laws. Thanks for listening today, folks. I hope you got something out of this. We'll have a lot more tomorrow. Hope you're with us then. Well...